Welcome to the inaugural episode of Dreading the Board. Oh, yes. I am Jen Ponton. I'm Lillian Bustle. And this is a brand new podcast from us, your creator, your creators of all the fucks. We are going to be talking to all kinds of artistic, theatery, actory people uh, about the worst shows that they've ever done and terrible experiences on set and behind the scenes. Um, and we're so, so very excited to have as our first guest, the fabulous Duncan Flaster. Yay, the man, Hello. the myth, the legend. Um, a little bit about Duncan. Not only is he Lillian's um, brother-in-law, he is also a renowned off-off-Broadway playwright um, award-winning playwright for shows like The Underpants Godot, The Tragedy of Dandelion, The Empress of Sex, uh, Eternity, Time Without End. What's your favorite one, Duncan? <laughs> Probably Underpants Godot. That's the one that uh, seems to be the most popular. Oh, fantastic. Beautiful. But yeah. like, he has such a wide range and so many different kinds of of works out there and a number of monologues in monologue compendiums. And uh, D- Duncan was also, uh, we met in one of the worst shows that I've ever done. <laughs> 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 Which, um, and, and also, uh, when we were doing an all call to figure out what we should call this podcast, Dreading the Boards was submitted by one Duncan Flaster. So, hooray. So it will definitely, you know, be a lot more searchable than shit shows. <laughs> Man. It's a good really title. Censorship. Oh, it's so, so much censorship. good, but the censorship on, on podcasts is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've actually known Duncan for, I guess, about 20 years then. Yeah, yeah, around that. Uh, and we've worked together on, I don't know, like six or seven productions, I would say, yeah. over the years. Yeah, we've uh, many, many times. Sure. Yes, in fact, Lillian is one of my favorite actresses. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so, Duncan, I feel like I feel like the canon that you bring to the world is just fu- always full of incredible stories. Many of the ones that I've heard are from off stage, but I can only f- <laughs> I can only fathom the amount of stories that you have from on stage. Yeah, uh, there was this play that I did in Florida called "Secret Lives of the Sexists," <laughs> which is a Charles Ludlam play. Okay. Uh, which is basically Lady Windermere's fan, but in the 1980s. Oh maybe late my 70s, God. where wow. a woman a woman thinks her husband is cheating on her, but it turns out he's actually found her long lost mother, who is shockingly a burlesque dancer Ooh. and doesn't Ooh. want to and wants her daughter to have everything because she's become very wealthy doing this, but doesn't want to taint her daughter with her shameful past. <laughs> of course. Uh, the production we did yes, at, uh, down in Florida, um, it's a very, uh, Charles Ludlam uh, is a very uh, cross-gender casting playwright. And so we had uh, cast the husband as, as a cis woman playing a cis man. Her real-life boyfriend was playing her brother. And then his wife was played by a local drag queen. Uh, there was... 
rehearsals were complicated <laughs> and a lot of people were not getting things right and we didn't have as much time as we wanted because I think something else had had to be canceled so we only had like two maybe three weeks Oof. to actually rehearse and get this full-length play up on its feet and uh so come the day of the show the back wall is still being painted yes five five <laughs> minutes before the audience is coming in I th- oh my god that was that I- was me for steel magnolias <laughs> <laughs> Not me. That was, it wasn't my fault. I experienced that. No, sure, sure. (laughs) Go on, sorry. They were struggling so hard to get the wall painted. I think they held the house for five minutes while they were still finishing up. And so when the the main character made her first entrance, she was in this big fluffy 1950s style skirt and it brushed up against the back wall and in the tiny, tiny little theater we were in, she would turn and like splatter the audience Ah! with black paint. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it was it was wild. Oh no! And is then, that like getting the first row seats at SeaWorld? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You're in the splash zone. We, we we didn't know to let people know to wear slickers because we didn't know either. But oh, uh, and I was playing a straight man who pretends to be gay in order to work in a women's salon. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was. Fun. And I think that's the part Charles Ludlam played in his original mm-hmm. production. Uh, and it was just, nobody was really knowing what to do. <laughs> there was a part where, like, all of the men, t- two of whom were played by cis men, and one of them was played by a woman, all dressed as women in drag to infiltrate this uh, women's conference. Because the the main character was going to be speaking at it was long and complicated, but somebody decided we should all be dressed as like 1950s icons. What? So I was in this Marilyn Monroe outfit, which like if you want to blend in, that's not really there. No. So that didn't make much sense. We were all in different styles of womanhood. Amazing. But somewhere along the line, the drag queen decided that uh, none of this was working during the performance and started ad-libbing <laughs> other lines into the piece, including uh, a, a bit where she's supposed to pick up the phone and say, oh my god, where are you? No, I won't tell anyone you're there. She's there. <laughs> and that kind of thing, oh, which, is, which is funny. But then yeah. she turns to us and says, she says a dingo ate her baby. <laughs> which... <laughs> Was hilarious, but didn't make any sense oh, for what was wow. going no. on. It's and just, just descending into absurdity. <laughs> yeah, it just got it just got weirder and weirder and weirder. And then the play closed that night. Oh, we were supposed yes. to run for like another month. <gasps> oh and my god! Ev- everybody was just so upset at it that some friends, I and some of my friends, were like, "Okay, see you at the bar. Bye bye." And like walked to the bar that was like a block away, expecting. Other people would find us. Uh, we uh, an hour later, nobody had showed up at the bar <laughs> except for me and my friends. And we like snuck back, and there was a glass door that led into the theater. It's like, oh, the director and the producers are still sitting around talking. And I listened in, and it was like, oh, they're very angry. <laughs> I'm going back to the bar. And so, oh no! So opening night was closing night. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Oh, Florida, always delivering. And it was a great theater otherwise. I had some amazing experiences down there, but it was, that was just a wild, wild performance. Wow, that's bananas. Amazing. And it it ended up the play that I was uh, going to be doing 
as a late night show there ended up going on the main stage because they had nothing else to put on. So my first play got like a main stage production there because of this. So it all ended up well for me. That's amazing. (laughs) I was just going to ask you, did anything like that ever happen? Um, Like what, was there anything very noises off about a play that you have written that you experienced for Um, one reason or another? Well, there was, um, not when I've like been in charge of producing it, but uh, other plays of mine, there was a theater company that produced a short 10 minute of mine and they hired someone to direct it. And uh, he messaged me, hey, really enjoying working on the thing. I have some ideas for how I might want to change the end. No. Oh, yeah. And I, and I was like, oh, how about you don't do that? How about you do it the way I wrote it? And so I went to go see it. And then I was like, oh, you thought this was an SNL sketch and not like a play. You thought this was like a, no. a shticky bit. Everybody was doing these big, broad gestures. And I already done the play once before, starring actually Lillian's husband. And uh, my production was great. And this one was like, oh, that. No wonder this isn't working. You've misunderstood the material. Oh okay. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Cheers. Oh, Cheers to that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> when, uh, when we did our episode of All the Fucks and we were talking about... Um, the Gilbert and Sullivan Iolanthe that Duncan and I met in. Like, oh, I don't yes. think I could even remember all of the shenanigans and chicanery that. Yeah, it was the. You were right. It was the guy who played Iolanthe who punched the wall in frustration. Oh, I had listened to. Yeah. It was. It was. Okay. What's his name? Yeah, it was that guy. Yeah. That was. A wild, wild production. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that we could, like, recap it just a tiny bit for folks who hadn't heard our other <laughs> other, other podcast. But when, yes. uh, I was in the original iteration of this play, which was supposed to have been Guys and Dolls. So it was entirely cast as though it was going to be a gender-swapped <laughs> version of Guys and Dolls. Um, except for they didn't get the rights, so then they decided to do Gilbert and Sullivan because you don't need any rights. But then they were like, what about this obscure one that nobody's ever heard of? Um but it's like fairies and members of parliament, which is kind of like visually entertaining. That's funny to look at and fun to, to play with. Um, Duncan came it's a in. Mad lib. Yes, Duncan was cast after it was already Iolanthe, right? Yes. yes. So you were intentionally. You knew what you were getting. Into. <laughs> in a way, yeah. Um, do you remember? Do you remember the rehearsal at uh, Harlequin Studios when we had the wall that wasn't a wall? I have been in Harlequin Studios without walls many, oh, many okay, times. Sorry. I don't remember the specific one. <laughs> just kidding. It was just like a trash bag that was yeah, over a hole yeah. in a wall. And the trash bag was like breathing because th- there was air on the other side of it. I did a rehearsal in that room once with someone when it was like February and 40 degrees outside. And we were all bundled up in sweaters in our uh, rehearsals. It was uh, wild. That place was amazing. Yeah. Why was there a friggin' hole in the wall? For so long. <laughs> Yeah, no, this is I not the know. same hole. This is not the same hole that our our cast member punched. That was at the actual theater. No, yeah, yeah that was just like a broken wall. That was not like a, like it was just a dent in the wall. That was not a broken person. An actual hole. <laughs> we ha- but yeah, the director for Iolanthe just had a lot of ideas and didn't know how to express them, but would bring in food for everybody. There was like always a spread of hummus and carrots oh, and shit. Oh, it was fun. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, fun. Yeah, it was fun. We all had a great time. She was nice. It was very, but, like, it was an incredibly creative time, which was amazing. Yeah. Um, just like there were too many moving parts and everybody had an idea. <laughs> 
Do you remember the one, the one rehearsal where like um, I think Clara was like maybe the maybe the fairies all sort of twitch, right? Oh yeah, we all did that. We were all trembling yes. a body part throughout the entire and and anytime we were on everyone stage, everyone committed to it, and it was an amazing yeah. exercise. But I was like, oh gosh, these poor people are going to be so tired. <laughs> <laughs> and we were. <laughs> Everyone just has like one giant trogdor arm by the end, just like <laughs> from having used it the whole time. Oh my god, your trogdor reference! <laughs> you just pulled that out without any warning whatsoever. Sorry. Brace yourself. Consummate. I said consummate. Use. <laughs> oh, I miss Homestar. Yeah, the the. The guy who was playing the Queen of the Fairies almost quit right before we opened because he couldn't get the music down. Uh. There was there was one bit that was a little bit complicated where there was like three, four by six, eight measures going against each other and he just couldn't get the, the rhythm of it. <laughs> and he was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I got it. But he eventually stayed with it. I almost took the part from him. I was like, I can sing this. Just give to me. I might. Be better, <laughs> but uh, uh, but our our um, our music director did leave. <laughs> that's that's true. He was he, we were uh, supposed to have live piano through the entire thing, and instead he was like, "I got I got a job that actually pays, so I'm just gonna go ahead and record these tracks." And we were already having so much trouble, and then we were singing the tracks. Oh my god! Oh, and yeah. we were all goodness. singing in the wrong register, or not the wrong register, but like you know, I was everything was down here. If you come in, you're da, da, da. and uh, yeah. and all the guys were like kind of up in falsetto, and oh, it was it was crazy. And the ingenue, uh, a young man who uh, decided he needed to lose some weight, he went on a crash diet that his brother, who was a model, <laughs> who was also in the show, like lifter, uh, told yeah. him to do. Yeah, he was a weightlifter, uh, and so he ate nothing but fish and broccoli for oh, some no. time. I don't oh. know if he lost any weight, but god damn did his breath smell It was bad. terrible. This is the fish, dude. Yeah. And he wouldn't, yes, I've told you about this. And then I told you, you that the next time I saw him, he was in Chinatown carrying a durian. And I was like, oh, Jesus. son, so you don't need to smell any worse. <laughs> and he would not take a mint from anyone. No. <laughs> and he shaved his, nope. he shaved his arms so it, which is fine it doesn't matter but he would he would not keep them smooth so like he would brush against you and like hurt you with his arm stubble very strange. Yeah, he's a very hairy blonde man. <laughs> I um this was not mine. This is the story passed down to me through my college theater um which our professors told us and then we all told each other and went on to talk about until the end of time. I don't know if this is an urban legend. Oh, I love this kind okay. of thing. <laughs> this is the story of the West Side Story Poison Boot. In someone's production of West Side Story, the gun prop was not in it wasn't backstage it was mishandled and so at the moment that chino has to bring the gun on stage to i don't know finish the fucking musical there's no gun and so the actor playing chino is like uh 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 and comes out on stage and looks at the only thing that he has and he goes poison boot no. and he kicks tony <laughs> And Tony's like, uh, 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 and Tony dies dramatically on stage. And Maria's watching this like, 
um. <laughs> and so she makes her way up to Chino and she grabs his foot. No. And she goes, how many kicks are left in this boot, Chino? Enough for you. <laughs> and you. And still one kick left for me. Oh, my God. And she plonks herself with the boot. Wow. Amazing. It doesn't even matter if that's Poison true boot. or not. That's beautiful. <laughs> I know, right? Poison boot was the story we all told each other over and over and over. <laughs> it, I, I know it was there before me. It must still have been there after there me. <laughs> oh, my God. Duncan, did you ever have any really good saves on stage where, like, something was going oh. wrong and you were like, I fixed this now? <laughs> Uh, not exactly. It was sort of uh, a similar situation where I was doing Wizard of Oz, not the one at Devon, mm. but uh, another, the same theater down in Florida, mm. where uh, we were doing two shows a day. And at the beginning of the pl- uh, at the end of the play, Dorothy would take off her ruby slippers and put them behind part of the set uh-huh. so that she would wake up in in back in Kansas and be like, oh, blah, blah, blah. and uh, she forgot to retrieve them before the next show. Oh, so they were stuck behind the set where nobody could reach them. Oh no. Until we had already started the show. Oh, oh no. Whoops. And so Glinda is like motioning to the munchkins to come out and like give her oh. the ruby slippers and there were none. So oh, no. Dorothy did the whole show in her stocking feet. Oh. Uh, and uh, they... Glinda was like, they're magic slippers. Oh, fuck. You can only see them if you really believe in them. Wow. So... Anytime the slip, this magic slippers came up, we're like, oh, yes, they're magic slippers. And all of us would like, oh, yeah, you can only see them if you really believe in them. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. Clap your hands was, Tinkerbell. Yeah, it was insane. Oh, it was, oh, my God. That's so great. Yeah, it was horrifying. Well, we're just going to break on through and do this. <laughs> yeah, Here we are. Here we go. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. When I was in high school, we were doing... Um, Boop, boop. Guys and dolls. We were actually doing guys and dolls. <laughs> and uh, I was... Oh, yeah? I was Aunt Arvide um, because I only played old people. So I... Sure. Uh, <laughs> um, there's a scene where um, Sarah and Sky Masterson are talking, and then at some point, one of them looks over at a big Bible quote that's on, like, Sarah's desk or something. And they're like, oh, that. What does that mean to you? And then, like, the whole rest of the scene is about this Bible quote. And uh, nobody had put the big card with the Bible quote on the easel. <laughs> and so our um, our theater director, Sully, was like tearing through the halls trying to find somebody in a Save a Soul uniform. And he was like, come with me. And I was like, what is happening? And he was like, this is what happens. You have to save the show. Go. And he like hated me. And so they didn't even know that I was on stage. I like just did a walk across like boop, boop, boop. Put down the little sign, boop, boop. And the second that I got off stage, they turned around and started talking about it. And I was just like, mm. oh, yes, my me. God. I am amazing. Beautiful. <laughs> well done. But we definitely yeah. had, uh, in that same show, um, <clears throat> the poor kid, the kid who was playing Sky was like a freshman. And he just completely froze up at the, thankfully it was, we would do, um, a dress rehearsal but for like all the senior citizens could come for free at like noon on a Wednesday or something so in the middle of the school day so very low stakes they didn't really know what was happening anyway most of them um but Sky just like zoned out in the middle of a scene where it's just him and Sarah on stage and eventually after much too long of a pause the um the 
band director just like brought the orchestra in and played the scene out. <laughs> and then and then the lights came down and it was like, oh, mm. on to the next thing. <laughs> we all did our best here. <laughs> oh, God. What is the moment, um, if there are any that you can recall, where your brain just went, where you didn't save it, where you were like, oh, no, I just absolutely doomed this play. <laughs> Oh, God. It didn't doom the play, but it was like a scene in uh, Comedy of Errors where I was playing one of the Dromeos and we're confronting the prostitute in it. And I just completely just went nowhere on my lines. I was like, I have no idea what my next line is. I'm supposed to be doing something. And it was just like this horrifying, just dry moment on stage where it was just like, hey, you. <laughs> I I can't improvise in Shakespeare. Uh, Couch we here and wait a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, if I knew then what I knew now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Weren't you doing a show with someone who kept pulling his pants down on stage when he was not directed to? <laughs> oh, it he uh, it was only the once. Oh, okay. but yes, we were doing we were doing Twelfth Night outdoors in the park. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that is like he, this person's no. whole personality for me. Like this is all yeah, I he, know he, about this person. <laughs> he kept doing he kept doing things. One of them was dropping his pants. Oh, okay. Uh, it was Twelfth Night. He was a replacement for Sir Toby Belch. Uh, we had a great person for like the first two weeks. Then the third week, that person couldn't do it, and so we got this guy. Somebody, the director found him. I think on uh, uh, how you say Craigslist. <sighs> Yes, Craigslist, thank you. And uh, uh, in his first scene, he just comes out drunk, as Sir Toby is supposed to be, and just drops trow, just in his underwear, pants around his ankles, doing the scene. Uh, I was Sir Andrew in that, and I was just like, ah, you're okay. Uh, the next the next performance, he like took someone's bicycle and rode it out on stage, <laughs> just to yes. do a little, like another performance he just like brought an apple on stage and was eating it during his scene it was just like throwing this all this random shit and like you're just a replacement you don't know and very, uh, very sassy our original sir toby belch like came to see the final performance because his gig was over and so we were like hey since you're here can we just fire this asshole and you can like <laughs> can, can just, you just do, do the scene in? again yes and oh, no. we did we did and he did and it was great Yes! Oh my god, god, that is fantastic. I completely forgot that that, ha- that was the end of that story. Yeah, oh yeah. my god, god, how funny. I'm sorry, we don't need your services anymore. <laughs> uh, bye-bye. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. <laughs> oh, didn't you, didn't you, okay, you worked at a, like a weird fancy Burger King. Didn't you have to sing at the Burger King? Yeah, it was an experimental Burger King in Boca Raton, uh, where I was going to college. Uh, they, they, it was kind of like a TGI Fridays vibe, where they had all kinds of cool shit up on the walls. They had an inflatable cow head and <laughs> like uh, plaques that said "Are you having fun yet?" and the, like z- zany wallpaper. Well, and, it wasn't before, but I uh, am now. <laughs> yeah, and, and and they had a tiny little stage with a tiny little uh, uh, spotlight that periodically we were supposed to get up and sing. And uh, and uh, I tried some Shakespeare once or twice. Uh, uh, just uh, People were just not into it, uh, <laughs> to be fair. What the hell? You really know how to brighten 
room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I worked with this uh, girl who was the, one of the daughters of Dion, of Dion and the Belmonts. Oh, that's right. Who right. Uh, wrote some original songs, uh, including one called Are You Having Fun Yet? Which we would sing. And uh, it's just acapella. We just get up to, are you having fun yet? If you're not having fun yet, I could get you a Whopper fries and a big, large Coke. And, and so on and so forth. That is the uh, ticket to fun. <laughs> <laughs> Can't attest. But uh, eventually, it's sort of like the, the entertainment part went away. And now it's just a regular Burger King. If it's still there. I, I, was, little, I was trying to figure it out from uh, Google Maps, but I can't tell oh. if it's still there or not. Wow, what a, what a great pilot program. Yeah, yeah. Come play in the ball pit. <laughs> oh, we didn't have a ball pit. It was a tiny, tiny Burger King. Oh, that's even weirder. Yeah, yeah. It was it was experimental weird Burger King. God, I love that. What if they made you dress up like the friggin' Hamburglar and that... That's the oh, wrong had... intellectual property, Jennifer. Oops. We... Oh, shit, you're right. But we did have our own special uniforms. We had like uh, Hawaiian shirts and uh, these yellow aprons that said, are you having fun yet? Burger King on them. And we were allowed like hat flare and other flare. <laughs> like I had this uh, uh, a- alien hat. that was this big yellow ball cap with like green alien antenna poking out the top. And I was allowed to wear that for some reason. <laughs> and uh, they were all about me, like, wearing my gay pride pin. Yay. Yes. Yeah, it was nice. How long did you do that? It was when I was in college. It was, like, at least a year or two, I think. That's amazing. Yeah. That's incredible. I would <laughs> love that job so much. <laughs> what, D- Duncan, what if you are part of memories that people aren't <gasps> sure they even had? Oh, my God. <laughs> that you... Dollars to fucking donuts. This is the one Burger King that tried to pilot fucking barbershop quartet. (laughs) (laughs) And there are someone out there is like, was that real? Yeah. 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 Why do I? Are you having fun yet? Why do I know this song? This isn't a song. (laughs) This isn't a thing. Someone out there is googling it. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm gonna add those tags to this episode. (laughs) Yeah. Burger King was being very experimental around that time. They also, like, started a turkey restaurant that didn't go anywhere. Like, turkey fast food. Huh. Was this could... mid-90s? Yeah, 90... Early 90s? Yeah, 92, 93. Nice. Oh, there. amazing. Like, you could get, like, a turkey sandwich and a turkey leg. Yeah, I'm down. At the restaurant. I feel like. Yeah, it didn't go anywhere. At they the Burger like, King closed. Ren Faire. Uh, yeah. he, he. A Ren Faire themed <laughs> Burger King. <laughs> Yes. Amazing. <laughs> I'm on it. Um, uh, so we we can cut this and not discuss this at all, but I never knew the full story of the He Who Must Not Be Named. What comedy. happened was, He Who Must Not Be Named was a different person who, when I was doing my play The Taint of Equality, he came and auditioned and was fine. I might have cast him, uh, but uh, someone else was better. That's just the way casting works sometimes. <laughs> And then, That's the way it works all the time, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, it's not that you were bad, dude. It's just like somebody else was better for you. Mm-hmm. But then uh, a month and a half later, after the play had closed, just uh, found me on Twitter out of nowhere and was like, uh, hey, uh, thanks for not casting me in your show, you jerk. Whatever. And I was like, oh, no. Okay, sorry. It's whatever. And then he was like, yeah, I'm trying not to do any more gay plays, you know. And I'm like, fine, I don't care. And uh, have fun. Have fun, kind of my thing. And, have fun in theater. And, 
<laughs> and we went back and we went, <laughs> we went back and forth with uh, on Twitter for a little bit before I realized he was just kind of like trolling me. And I was like, eh, whatever. And I screenshotted it and put it up on my Tumblr with his name. Uh, and uh, a lot of people found it. Uh, and just me calling him out as an asshole actor. And still, if you Google his name, that's what you will find. Uh, I think I might remember this. That's really yeah, funny. yeah. And uh, it was a long time ago. Yeah, it was like a, maybe 10 years ago now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because uh, I feel like it started during live journal time. Yes, probably. And uh, so I posted about it, and then people started coming out of the woodwork to be like, oh my God, I went to college with that guy. He always wanted to do rape scenes. <gasps> Oh my god, I worked at a bar and this guy has been 86. His photo is by the door telling people not to let him in the bar. Ow. And just like, people just like, everywhere like, oh yeah, I know that guy. That guy's an asshole. Oh no. And uh, it just like, kept coming up, kept coming up. And now anytime anybody sees him in the wild, they let me know. <laughs> uh, he, a couple years ago, I got an email from a guy who had been working with him on a project and then fired him and wanted to sue him and wanted more backstory. Ooh. He had found the, the uh, thing where I called him an asshole on uh, Tumblr. Uh, and see, so I was like, yeah, here's all the info I know. Um, and then recently he went viral for being racist on Grindr. <laughs> oh my God. Can't stop. Like he was, stop. Can't stop. Yeah. It's and like he's... the Simpsons episode where Sideshow Bob is just in a pile of rakes. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> yeah, he, he, he himself is uh, Latino, uh, or Latinx, and uh, he just was racist to some black people on oh, uh, no. Grinder, and somebody screenshotted it and sent it around the world. Jesus, and... tap dancing Christ. I don't yeah. mean to be naive, but do people really use their legal full names on Grinder? No, but he has a very distinctive face. Okay, all right. <laughs> so, so, someone, someone unkindly said he looks like someone set Edward almost on fire and tried to put it out with a pitchfork. Oh. <laughs> Fuck! I bet I know who Which is... said that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh uh, god. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. So terrible person. Uh, we're not going to say his name here because he's like Voldemort. That's fine. But uh, yeah. What's the weirdest acting class experience you ever had? Whether it was like a teacher whose whole situation was not great or like a class where you're like, this is too many back rubs. Good day. <laughs> That's every acting class. That's all of them. Good day. I don't think I don't think I really had any bad experiences That's acting great. class. Yeah. Like the, the weirdest one was when we were paired up and we were like treating each other like babies. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, Like yeah. I, I had this guy like. I was sitting on the ground with this guy in my arms, just like sort of lulling him to sleep and singing lullabies my mom used to sing to me. And he was, it was, it was lovely and very calming, but just very weird. Right. In hindsight, like. In hindsight, like, why were we doing that? <laughs> it was the original cuddle party. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're 19 years old. Why are we doing this? <laughs> um. What is the most rewarding or wonderful uh, theatrical experience you've ever had, whether it was your own work or someone else's work that you just really, really loved doing? Um, gosh, I guess uh, the first like full production of uh, um, 
uh, Underpants Godot, I just like really felt like it was a like just like something that came out of my head and everybody was just like great for their roles and really achieved the vision that I wanted. Yes. Um, the play is about uh, someone wanting to do waiting for Godot with hot young men in their underwear instead of old dudes. And someone from the Beckett estate shows up to their dress rehearsal to let them know why they're not allowed. And uh, <laughs> then the director has to like uh, justify his choices and it's just, it's very deep, very in theater, but people responded oh. to it whether they were in theater or not. It's, people just loved it's it. It's quite marvelous. Thank you. Duncan, are you doing a Naughty Jewish Boys calendar this year? I am. I was actually working on uh, uh, work, the pictures today. Delightful. Uh, yes. So it should be out in like a week or so. That's so, great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so go to naughtyjewishboys.com if you'd like a calendar full of half-naked or fully-naked Jewish dudes. Yes, I do like this, that you have those <laughs> options. I feel like yes. because there's there's definitely the person that you want to give the partially clothed one to. And then yeah, there's yeah, the people like, that you want to get the naked ones. Right. <laughs> do everyone yeah, it makes a great... So great. Makes a great Hanukkah present just like as a gag for the one. But, but for that one, you want the one where they're like in underwear and it's cute. Yeah. And then there's somewhere it's, it's like, oh, che- that's... it's literally cheeky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nah. and then there's something like, oh, that's a schlong. There we are. How many years have you been have you been producing this calendar shoot now? Uh, I think it's going to be our sixth, seventh. Year Good now? Lord. That's yeah. Yes. This is one of the most delightful things that's ever <laughs> graced the Internet. Thank you, Duncan, for your you're welcome for, for your work. <laughs> I am an appreciator of the sexiness of Jewish men. Love it. I gotta tell you, every time, every time I see a hot Jewish guy in the wild, I really just want to take a picture and send it to you. And then I have to remember (laughs) that it's creepy to take pictures of strangers. Right. But I just, Uh, I'll give you some business cards if you want to hand them out to people. Oh, that's actually a great idea. (laughs) (laughs) Then I get to talk to them too. (laughs) Yeah, there you are. I have one more question for you that uh-huh. I, I hope you have an answer to. Um, <laughs> you are a frequent contributor to Overheard in New York, which for probably anyone listening to this is a beloved uh, <laughs> d- dispensary of just weird, weird shit you hear New Yorkers saying. Um, what is the best thing that you have ever overheard? Oh God, I haven't actually like contributed in years and years. I don't. I didn't realize it was still a going concern. Uh, <laughs> well, Lillian gosh. recently showed me the Instagram account. What is New York? And oh my God, it's delightful. Yeah. I feel like Overheard <laughs> could bananas. use a renaissance. It could. Yes, probably. Could. I think the, the the best one I saw was I had just seen a play in Nymph. And then I saw that actor, the actor who had starred in it, yeah. sitting across from me on the subway. And I was like, oh, it's that dude. And then it went back to my thing. And then he was talking to his friend and said, yeah, uh, I had my teeth taken out. So I was like on all these drugs. I, I, I had to go to the dentist. And then I still had this audition. And uh, I don't know. I didn't get cast in Jersey Boys because I couldn't speak. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. Like he, he went in and, and didn't didn't say Hey, I have, I'm on uh, severe drugs right now, oh but God. just went in and was like, ah, ah, ah. oh no, <laughs> <laughs> the gauze packed, falling out. Jesus, <laughs> that's amazing. What's the what's the weirdest or most experimental thing that you've seen on stage? Not, not including my weird puppet thing that I did. Oh, my friend Heather 
I don't even know now. I don't even remember what it was, but it was all uh, people in tight body suits, and I think it had something to do with economics. <laughs> I don't remember. Freakonomics. That feels like yeah. A- oh my god. <laughs> oh, but but that one you did in the fringe that you talked about on on your other podcast mm-hmm. where you had the the eyeballs drawn on your eyelids. Yes. Uh, that remains one of the weirder things I've seen because it was almost entirely in the dark because uh, the sun was gone or something like that. So I didn't know what some of the actors literally looked like through a lot of it. They just had flashlights that they would shine on each other periodically, but it was just random shapes. Mm -hmm. And... uh, Which is actually good because that that, um, theater was so hot that if there had been any lights on... Yes, it would have been. We were all packed in there. It would have been horrifying. We're truly and I compl- curing cancer here, folks. Oh, my God. And I completely missed the bit with the live fish yeah, at the end because nobody could see it unless you were in the front row. That's so great. Yeah, I think um, I think the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Did I ever tell you about the um, it was just called Oil, O-Y-L. It was about um, the, the girl who directed it was marvelous. It was called, it was about olive oil. Like Popeye's mm. girlfriend, Olive Oil. And so it was 10 people dressed as Olive Oil. 10 people of all <laughs> genders and all heights and shapes dressed as Olive Oil, speaking as a Greek chorus and telling oh. many stories about Olive Oil. And it was it was on an incredible stage that I wound up like doing a weird thing where I, I accidentally met Sarah Silverman, <laughs> but I didn't know who she was. Um, and I went with my dad and I was like, if all New York theater is like this, the world is just like so full of amazing creative people. And then I went on to do so many terrible things. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's the true takeaway. Um, and wonderful donkey. things. I've also done wonderful things. Yes. But boy, howdy. Um, Duncan, what are you working on right now? What do you want people to check out and where can they find you on the interwebs? Uh, I am at DuncanFlaster.com or NaughtyJewishBoys.com for that. Uh, I am just writing right now. I don't have anything ready to be produced. Well, I have lots of things ready to be produced, but (laughs) nothing is being produced. Uh, Right now, uh, my movies Strapped for Danger and Strapped for Danger 2 are available to stream on Gay Binge TV. There's a sequel? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, the sequel did not get a full premiere because of the pandemic, Ew. so this is the, it's like streaming premiere where people can now finally see it mm, as of like the fifteenth. So <gasps> that's great, and it's out there, and I'm really, really proud of oh that. Oh my one. gosh, they're so great! They're so they yeah. are uh, farcical sex romps. Yes, <laughs> the first one is about uh, male strippers who pull a heist on the place they're working and then have to hide out in a frat house during pledge week. <laughs> And uh, the second one is about two uh, straight cops who have to go undercover as gay porn stars. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. My heart. You know, Lillian, this is really us living our Weetsy Bat dreams. Yes, 100%. Uh. <laughs> 1,000%. Um, Duncan Flaster, thank you so much for joining us for the very first Dreading the Boards. Thank we you love for having you. me. Thank you for yeah. sharing your stories with us. Yay. Oh, my God. That was so satisfying. (laughs) And thank you, intrepid thespians, for joining us for our very first episode. Um, If you, listeners, have stories that you want to share with us, we are taking voice memos. We are looking for, like, two-minute 
stories or you are absolutely welcome to pitch us for a full interview and an episode starring you. We want to hear all of your crazy stories about the shows that you've starred in, the shows that you have abandoned, <laughs> the shows that you've seen um, in front of the camera or on the stage. God, it's that sunk cost fallacy thing. I've been in so many plays where I'm like, <laughs> I should leave right now. It would be okay if I left mm. right now. They could replace me right now. And then I don't, and then I don't. And then you're like, oh, calling your friends, telling them not to come. <laughs> oh, God. So good. Oh, Duncan, you're such a joy. Such a joy. Thank, Thank you. you. This you was all. a delight. Super Yay. fun. So good. Uh, all right. Till next time, this has been Dreading the Boards. <laughs> I don't know why it's so haunted. spooky. <laughs> it's haunted because the ghost lights off. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we're all just looking for that fish on the floor. <laughs> Everybody say fringe. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>